Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Our goal is to win, for Christ's sakes. And you keep talking about the CBT. You keep talking about prospects and your long-term goal. Like, you just basically told us we ain't good enough. We suck. You let us down. Angry Lou. Angry Lou. A hole the size of I don't even know what in that bullpen. Keep playing like dog Recall my manager, Lou. Go get me a goddamn first baseman. That's what I want. I don't want an outfielder D8. I need a first baseman. Okay, Lou, I'll ask you something. What? How do you go into the season without a closer? How do you not address the closer situation? Lou, what's up, dog? Good, how are you doing? Good. Well, it's always great to have you here, Lou. Oh, baby, it's noon on a Friday, and you know what that means. It's time for the hot fire that is the voice of baseball in Boston. Our guy Lou Merloni and Lou's brought to us by Shaw's and Star Market, where you can win free groceries in their Grand Slam Summer Sweepstakes. Merloni Hart is in for Foyer. What's up, friend? Well, I am a little north of the border, eh? I'm up here in Toronto. Eh? So we're hoping that maybe if we get out of the States, maybe we catch the ball better in Canada. <laughs> are, uh, are you uh, up or down on Tim Hortons? On, on who? Tim on Horton? Tim Tim Hortons, as in the coffee place in Canada. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't enjoyed that yet. I've been pretty much locked in here. A little room service brekkie. Oh, at, uh, Jose and this, this Toronto team. But I'm gonna go for a stroll out here in a little bit. Check it all out. So, what's the mood around this group right now? I know on the outside mm-hmm. it feels kind of low. What are you sensing? Yeah, I think there's a lot of frustration. You know, because it's. They had that, that point, and we're right back there again, where like they just couldn't score runs for like two or three weeks. Then all of a sudden, you know, you started swinging it a little bit. And, uh, Minnesota, you put another 10 spot a couple times, and then all of a sudden it just ended. Like, it has just ended. And, you know, I get it. Like, you look around, you're like, listen, the, the Miami's got some good arms, right? And you face some good arms here. And you're going to continue to face good arms. So if you just keep saying, well, if we're facing good pitching, then you're never going to score again because there's a lot of good pitching in this league. So there does come a point where – you got to hit good pitching, and they did it earlier in the year. So I think offensively, defensively, it's just it's really a struggle right now for this team to put it all together, anything together. Angry Lou, this is uh, upbeat Andy over here, so I'm going to focus on the positive. Uh, I watched a baseball game last night where I was actually excited about a person in a Red Sox uniform. His name would be Brian Bayo, and uh, unfortunately led to a loss, but he did his part. What's the ceiling on this kid? Because he certainly seems to be, uh, in my mind, sliding into that ace role for this team early in his career. 
Yeah, you know, the, that's the, kind of the question. You know, like, to me, I've always felt like it, there's a difference between a number one and, and an ace. Like, every team's got a number one and everybody's got an ace. Yep. And, you know, he, he's, he's kind of like he, you know, he's that number one for this team. And to me, what I'd love to do down the road is to see someone else go with him. You know, somebody else paired with him, maybe an external guy, right, come mm-hmm. from the organization. So then you could sit there and say, okay, I don't know if he's a number one, but I know he's a damn good number two, three, whatever the hell we need out of him. So um, I just love what you've seen from him, like the maturity. Like his stuff was always there. People unfairly kind of started dropping the Pedro last year. He didn't know how to pitch at this level. He just had good stuff. And now he's learning very quickly, by the way, how to use his stuff, where to use it, you know, and, and it's just it's pretty impressive to see how quickly he's kind of figured out like the hitters at this level and how to use this stuff to get them out. Yeah. Uh, we were uh, going through some of the starts Lou earlier. And what's, what yeah. really stands out to me is I don't think he's hit 110 pitches in a start all year and he's going six and seven innings, at least as of late, pretty consistently. How has he been so economical? It's just his stuff plays that way. You know, like he's got one of the true power sinkers in the game. To where, like, he, he if he needs to kind of punch you out, he's got the stuff to do it, but he can also get that first pitch, you know, ground ball. You know, and, you know, he can get the double play, and that really shortens innings, you know. So the stuff itself, it gets guys to pound the ball on the ground, and if the team can catch the ball, they can get them out of the innings, you know. But for me, it was – I did this game out in Atlanta when they played the Braves, and that was like almost like a coming out party because that Atlanta Braves team, that just lineup doesn't stop. Like, it is that, – that's the best team in baseball. And he went out there, and he did it with style. He did it with flair, and he's hopping around the mound a little bit, and you see it a little bit um, from him. So it's, it's, it's really fun to watch this kid. Okay, enough with the positivity. Uh, the manager yeah, of this baseball – <laughs> this baseball team, the manager, um, is he reaching his breaking point? Because you've started to really see, I think, the losing last week plus wear on him. You've had some comments where, it, you know, the, the roster is what it is, and he snapped at some reporters asking him about – tough stretches here is Alex Cora uh, maybe on the verge of breaking and and what does that look like what does that do to this team if he loses his upbeat status yeah I, I think he's on the verge of breaking like more times than we think it's just <laughs> I think he does a good job of of just sort of like in front of the media being like no no everything's okay you're going to keep working and everything else but I think the minute that thing is over the door is slammed and and I don't know how he can't be I mean how he can't be happy he's got to be upset about what he's seen with this team. I mean, you want to go out there at this level. You want to roll the balls out there and say, you know, let's just play a good baseball game. If the team beats us, the team beats us. Not kicking the ball around, not throwing the ball to the wrong base, not watching teams run around the bases and take extra bags because we don't know where to throw the ball. Like, not executing. Like, none of it. And not turning double plays. Like, you just, hell, if I'm going to lose, just go lose 4-1 to because we didn't swing it and they were better than us. Let's try again the next night. But there's just on a nightly basis, there's just too many things that are making it real hard for this team to win. Uh, you just touched on something there that hit me the last couple of days. I watch baseball games at Fenway Park, and uh, what the hell does it take to get an error at Fenway Park? What is going on with the official scorekeeper there? I don't know. There was like this little rumor going around that maybe MLB was talking to scorers and wanting more hits and showing that the shift is working. I don't know, but you can't make a mockery of the game. It was an absolute joke the first two nights. Like, there was three or four errors. Like, and the whole thing started off, this whole series, with Justin Turner hitting a double off Joey Wendell's leg at shortstop. That went into the corner. Like, it's a single and an error. And then it just continued. Devers and Casas and Hamilton. And it just, even, like, Winkowski threw a, uh, what should have been a pass ball, because Connor Wong didn't catch the ball in the air. It was a little wild pitch, which is an earned run. Like, yep. at some point, these pitchers are going to be snapping 
thinking, listen, you know, I know MLB wants hits, but my ERA right now, I'm giving up three <laughs> or four earned runs, and no one's making plays. Like, it's it's it was really a joke, made a mockery of the kind of the game. To be honest with you, I don't know what they're doing, but um, they need to change that thing. That an error is an error. Everybody knows what an error looks like. Well, close to it, and the guy's got to get a little more consistency. Yeah, Carl Bean's rolling over in his no grave kidding. right now. Some of these. Uh... Oh, it's it really is yeah. crazy, and and Casas got away with one. And you mentioned Casas yeah. in this. Here's the thing, Lou, and and Christian and I have struggled with Tristan Casas in that. Good Lord, he talks about himself as if he is God's <laughs> gift to baseball. Is 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 that really who the guy is? Is he just? Young and silly, like Lou. Have you been around guys that you played with in your big league career who talk about themselves the way Tristan Cassis does? Not really. You know, he's um, <laughs> he's, he's his own guy. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's a really nice kid, but yeah, he's got a lot of confidence in himself. You know, and this is part of that. I think I heard Cora talking about like the uh, showcase baseball, you know, and he came up and I think as a sophomore in Florida, like was highly regarded and playing with seniors and all these big showcases. And so he's always had his way and he believes his routine and his way works. So I think there's a, is there a touch of stubbornness? Yeah. Was there a little just made offensively? He's been swinging it. Yeah. But defensively, there's some bad habits. There's some stubbornness there that, you know, they're trying to get him to change, you know, most infielders. And the big thing for them is that momentum at first that he's talked about. And if you watch him and I get to watch him, he's not always on TV, like pre-pitch, like most infielders, step with their left, step with their right, and hop. And that hop is always either up and down or forward. So you're gaining momentum when the ball's hit, you can go to it. He steps right, steps left, and hops backwards, you know, like about two inches. So he's always on his heels. So when the ball's hit, it's almost like he's falling back to go get it. And that's causing a lot of these, you know, not getting to the ball and not getting the first base quick enough or a lot of bad habits that they're trying to change. Lou, you were a good defensive player, evidenced by your ability to play a lot of different positions. You got to be good on defense to be able to play uh, to play different spots. You referenced, so you heard Cora talking about the travel baseball when we asked him about the way yeah. defense is being coached in youth levels, right? You're also coaching yeah. your son. You've been very vocal about that. How does the guy who was a utility player who could do a lot of things defensively to make and stay on a roster, what is sort of your philosophy to trying to teach defense or is it just a lost cause with a lot of the youngs nowadays? Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's frustrating, you know, to try to get people, young kids, like to think about it. And it always starts with, what do I do with the ball? Like and a lot of it, honest to God, is pre-pitch. You know, if you're not ready, if you don't know, you know, what you want to do with it in certain situations, if you're not thinking the game, then when the ball hits you, you don't know what to do. And you know, and you just you see a lot more of it in the game. Like base running is atrocious. So I think this year maybe a little bit better. Um, and it's just situational stuff. Like, I don't – you know, you've got three outfielders here, and I think Verdugo can throw a guy out, but, like, Yoshida, Duran, and Duvall, they're not throwing anybody out in a single to home at all, yet they still keep trying. And not that they shouldn't keep trying, but the fact that if you just throw the ball low enough in, like, Tristan Casas or your first baseman's, like, face, the guy rounding first base has to stop because he may cut it off. But when you airmail these throws and you have no chance of throwing a guy out the dish, that's just a free bag. And for a team that gets a lot of ground balls, like that just shouldn't or can't, can't happen. So it's just the thinking part of the game and just, you know, what I want to do with the ball and pre-pitch is everything. And, it, and it's, it's kind of tough to watch at times. 
Lou, you just kind of described Alex Cora as, you know, the public face, the comments, the smile, the lipstick on a pig, whatever you want to call it, and maybe the frustrations behind the scenes. How do you think Haim Bloom uh, is feeling and is handling where he is basically four years into his Red Sox tenure? Is he realistic about what they are, who they are, and maybe what needs to be done? Or do you think, because he's made some public comments over the last year plus, oh, we thought that was a better team. Oh, we think this team's better. Is he maybe not as realistic as to what they are and where they are in this this progression? Yeah, I think um, I think he is in a, in, in a way. I think he's realistic to know his team is really bad defensively. And that, you know, what they planned on in the offseason just didn't work. You know, I mean, when you start, it's impossible to have a good defensive team when, when you know, up the middle of the field, you have two catchers and neither of them have ever started more than, I mean, Reese McGuire started 57 games in his career. That's it. You know, your shortstop and Kike Hernandez, I think the season high is 13. How many games he started at shortstop? Arroyo, like 34. Like Duvall, like 40. None of these guys started in their positions that they expected them to play all year long, ever. You know, and so you're not strong up the middle. But I, I think the way he looks at it, and you've heard some of these comments, is that we've got five young arms that show they can play in this league, that Duran showed he can play in this league, that Casas is coming around, that we hit on Yoshida. You know, that, that some of these guys like Jansen and Martin, like, like Kluber was really the, only, the mess up as far as bringing guys in. The problem is, like, where does it go now? Like, you've got a lot of young, controllable players. Is there... Is there a stud that's going to come in next year for Bayo? Is there a right-handed bat that's going to sit behind Rafi Devers for the next five or six years that's an impact guy? Like, a lot of the role players are performing, but role players can only take you so far. You know, so now it's like, okay, i got to get another star in here with Devers, two or three of them, and, and see where this thing heads. And that's what I don't know moving forward, you know, in the offseason, or, or if he's the guy that they decide to kind of keep moving forward. Well, there's one guy in Trevor's story who is close to coming back. Uh, it yeah. it appears as if Story's got thoughts on maybe what he should do when he comes back. The organization it will have their thoughts. Lou, I ask you, if you were calling the shots, how would you want to reincorporate Trevor Story back onto this team? Um, I, you know, there's talk about him coming back as DH first. It doesn't make sense to me unless a guy like Turner goes down. I don't know what you do or how it fits. And and I was thinking about this too. Like if you bring him back as a DH, and he's and now he starts getting ready to play shortstop, do you have to send him back down to AAA to get games to play shortstop? Like how, how do you how do you do that rehab? You know, um, so to me, with where this team is now, I make sure Trevor Story is healthy next year. And I make Trevor Story, like, okay, when you can play shortstop, you come back to us. And if that's the first week in August, it's the first week in August, whatever. I need you at shortstop next year. I don't want to be dealing with this again next year. So I need you healthy and ready to go. This team right now to me is like, I, I don't know, do you rush a guy back that's so important for your future, for this team right now, where they are? I'm not so sure you do that. Just to circle back to your last answer, you said, uh, kind of alluded to Bloom, does he get to make the decisions when they seek star players, a star pitcher? What do you think happens there, and when does that timetable play out? Because we got a trade deadline in a month. Do you allow yeah. him to make the decisions heading into the trade deadline? If you do that, are you then all in for him for next year? Like, what's the timetable, and how do you th- handicap that for us? Well, I think to me, it's um, you know, when you start talking about do you let him make trades as a deadline? Like, I, I don't know how. I mean, I don't know if you get rid of him the next couple of weeks, like after the MLB draft. Like, I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I think this. Ownership group, you know, wants to have you know conversations. Obviously, as far as like where we, where's this thing headed? What are some of the positives? Where's this thing going? What's next year look like? What is your plan? So to me, I think it's more of a sit down when the season is over, 
to let me know, like, where are we? How far away are we from this thing? Like, we got a lot of young players controlled, but what are your thoughts? Who are you bringing in? Because we can't keep doing this for another two years. Like, we, he can't be doing this. This team can't be this for the next two or three, two seasons. Like, it just can't. Like, next year, you got to start competing. And the year after, you got to start being a serious contender. Like, that's where this thing has to go. And I think he has to put that plan in front of some people to show them that's where it's headed. Now, I don't know about uh, as a player, as a broadcaster, and, uh, you know, you'll be in, I think it's called the Rogers Center now when it used to be the Sky Dome. Uh, last question for you, Lou. How much Sky Dome sex have you seen in that hotel in that uh, ridiculous ballpark? Um, I personally, I mean, I see the, the video stuff on social media, right? There's some things yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so you've never seen yeah. it like with your own eyes or like tonight, will you be in the booth with some binocs on looking for some open windows? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a different question. Because as a player, you don't have the binoculars down there. You know what I'm saying? So as a player, you just sort of like whatever. And then maybe the next day you saw a video on social media or something like that. But now... With the binoculars, it's like, you know, I'm going to have Obi's going to be like, Lou, are you looking at the bullpen to see who's throwing? I'm like, no, Obi, I'm on the fourth floor right now. That window's open. <laughs> I love it. The great Lou Merloni with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Lou, thank you, brother. We appreciate it. Have fun in America's hat, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right, boys. Have a great weekend. All right, friend. Hey, there we go. Merloni right there, baby. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.